0: That sick
1: the justice syndicate,
0: the justice citizen the justice citizens mm-hmm. they are villains and they stole but some stuff. They're good guys, no, they're villains. Um, but they stole some stuff from the back case, so they are
1: definitely villains. They're villains, I know. Wow. Hello, and welcome to the We Rank Things podcast, a podcast where two lifelong friends reveal and discuss their personal top 10 rankings for various subjects. I'm Connor. And I'm Matt. And today, we're going to be talking about our top 10 favorite comic book movies. But first, Matt, what are you drinking?
0: Uh, tonight, I went with something mainstream and lame, but that I can drink a ton of. I'm drinking some Heineken. Well, nice. slightly skunky tasting beer. It's, just, it's all that I need right now. Something there simple. There you go. How about yeah. you? What are you drinking?
1: Oh, you know, I've, I've got uh, San Pellegrino kind of stepped up their flavor game. And Cheryl brought home like a a pack from Costco, and this one is blood orange and black raspberry San Pellegrino. Ew.
0: Love that blood oh. orange. Yeah, man. You can even got the nice sound effect. It's like a yeah. commercial.
1: Oh yeah, can you and, hit point? San <laughs> Pellegrino. Pouring it right into my ice right now. A cup of ice. Comic book movies, buddy.
0: Yeah, man that's one of my favorite genres of movies to watch and, and we're not talking just superhero movies we're talking the span of comic books but of course superhero movies have dominated the the box office in many ways uh, I'm really yes. excited because some of my some of my absolute favorites are are within this realm of movies is uh comic book ad- adaptations <clears throat> yeah
1: that's awesome man I know you, I know you've been excited. About about this one, and it was it was for me it was an interesting list to put together because I I didn't really have a grasp on where this list would take me before I kind of started putting pen to paper, you know.
0: Well, Um, if I remember correctly, like you, like they're not always the first thing that you go to when you're going back to like rewatchable movies. Yeah. Not necessarily the comic book movies.
1: Exactly. I just I didn't. I didn't really have like strong opinions one way or the other on these these movies. I keep I keep a running list of like my top fifty favorite movies all time on my phone, and none of these movies are on there. These I like <laughs> I like a lot of these movies. I, I really do. I, I, I like these movies, but they all kind of just kind of lump together a little bit in my brain. Is like oh, that's a fun summer blockbuster movie, but yeah. they they almost blend together a little bit for me. So so it wasn't like I had. The order kind of already planned out in my head like i do for a lot of the lists like you know top 10 favorite albums or something that's something i you know was pretty easy to put together this one i was sitting there and i was like okay well you know here's some contenders here's some i probably should watch before i put together a list and um you know
0: well and it 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 makes a big difference if you're a comic book reader or like even if you're fairly new if you are like immersed in that world at all it makes a big difference on the impact of how much you you know revere or just enjoy any of these movies
1: yeah absolutely and and you you are a comic book collector how do you first kind of get into that
0: uh, well, I mean, I, I always really liked the medium, like the the mix of artwork and and a little bit of the outsiderness of of comic artists, as opposed like you know as opposed to like a something you would see in a museum. Although nowadays there are museum exhibits, and and I've been to somewhere. It's like the history of comic book, which is. Pretty great, but um, it was always a little pedestrian for me. Like I had some favorite characters, and I kind of get things here and there. Um, but I actually just kind of rekindled my comic book love a few years back, and then uh, you know there was things I'd always had these dreams of collecting more, or just having the time or the the access to. You know, going to different comic shops and rooting out my favorite stuff and finally making my collection what I've always kind of wanted it to be. Um, but it was largely superhero comics and a few graphic novels and um, what they call trade paperbacks or collected editions of single issues um, that kind of made a balance between the big main superhero characters and the bang, zap, pow sort of stuff. And then on the other side, there's a little flavor of the um, – dramatic and and uh very different and totally non-superhero uh side of the comic art things like preacher and uh why the last man and uh many many other saga uh paper girls those things that are just it's just stories that are really well written put into comic form and so um you know i kind of had a little bit of both of those things and it just i've Gone full instance, and, and it happened to coincide really well with the rise of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and a lot of the modern DC movies, and a lot of things like TV shows and movies that are getting made now of all these cult classic uh, uh, comic stories, uh, especially from independent publishers. I mean, I th- also think of when Watchmen came out, the movie long long ago and it that was at like a a turning point of my comic love where i was like yeah i need to keep paying attention to this and um you know that was a it was a huge like cultural touchstone for comic nerds and that's when i like finally like got it like what a what a like big cultural thing this really was like the true scope of it when you get people finally explaining to me what what the watchman is actually like and being like oh if you haven't read the you know the graphic novel or the comics uh that's why it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you but you will love it a million times more once you read that instead of just watching the movie um but uh a lot of these ones that we're going to talk about i think They stand alone in a way that some of those earlier attempts at comic book movies may not have just because it's been paid attention to and people are starting to understand how to adapt these things for the big or the small screen. And I'm just I'm really excited because I'm kind of in a heyday right now of collecting comic books and really knowing a lot about Characters and writers and artists that I really love And uh, have started to collect specifically certain writers and uh, and artists And we're going to talk about some of their stuff today I'm super stoked
1: Nice, yeah Yeah, it is interesting to kind of see um, How big some of this has gotten And, you know, the rise in popularity of the movies Has, in turn, created a rise in popularity in comic book TV shows And that was actually how you know, how I sort of began to kind of dip my toe into that realm. I mean, I, I'm I'm not someone who collected comic books as a kid or anything like that. Um, but I remember watching the boys on Amazon Prime. I'm actually working my way through season two right now and and like seeing that. And I had obviously watched a lot of the, you know, big Marvel movies and DC movies and things like that, but seeing the boys really opened my eyes like to the to the fact, like you said, that there are a lot of independent publishers and different like like i remember when i was like asking you about getting into comic books the first advice you told me i'm like hey man i'm gonna go to a comic shop i might might pick up a couple graphic novels like what what do you recommend and you're like hey just pick out something you like but stay away in at least initially stay away from tights and capes is the way that you yeah told it to me which i thought was funny um and yeah i ended up i i've kind of dipped my toe into that realm and i i read watchmen recently and i've read some Brian Vaughn, I really liked *Paper Girls*. I'm excited for that TV show. I think comic books, especially bigger series like that, really do play well on like a on, in a TV format. You know, kind of stretch yeah. it out a little bit.
0: Well it's um, kind of the hallmark of where the the comic book industry is at as far as getting adapted to other mediums and in movies and TV is that like now you're starting to see more of the non-superhero stuff and it's not to say that the superhero stuff isn't great and there's a lot of like just absolutely classic stories in comics that are head and tails above the rest when it comes to just the, the depth of the story, but there's also a lot of material. So there's a lot of stuff where you can really get lost in the, the tights and cape stuff. And it, it feels a little, it can feel a little corny or it can feel a little like a uh, uh, surface level when it comes to the writing quality or, or even just like, you know, having to know about the characters of the backstory to really get what this writing in this particular run is, and and why it's great you know like when you get into those non uh superhero things there's a lot more like self-contained stories where you don't know have to know the whole backstory to like get the joke or like know the whole uh history of a couple characters and their interactions to know that like what's happening in these scenes is actually a huge deal it's never happened to wolverine before or whatever you know what i mean right so um but it's just so great that like Uh, movies and tv productions finally caught up with the depth of the comic book industry and you're seeing all these things that would otherwise probably seem seem obscure but now they're like award-winning tv shows or or they're like repeat uh season tv shows like the boys or i think umbrella academy just uh got on the netflix and stuff yeah yeah. um, Watchmen on hbo kind of the Watchmen on hbo is a huge hit and um and that's even just an expansion on a on a universe but it's it's done so well in and of itself that you can watch out with that, that now in the backstory yeah it's just like all those things have caught up together it's really exciting the yeah. old guard was another one i was thinking of that just got on the netflix apparently that's really good
1: okay nice it's yeah
0: yeah, yeah i mean netflix i'm story.
1: like i said I'm, I'm definitely not an expert when it comes to this um i watch you know i watch most of the movies there's but there's still some i haven't seen and um i i don't even see them Typically, I don't even see them in the theater because normally they come out in the spring and summer and like as big blockbusters typically do. And I'm usually really busy with work during that time. So my wife will go see them without me and then I'll have to catch them <laughs> on Netflix or whatever Disney Plus later. But um,
0: that's so, yeah, a little bit of the experience there, man. When does. you're getting in a big old blockbuster movie, you want to see it on the biggest screen possible. Just blow your face off. Right.
1: But OK, so I do have a couple of like questions for you before we get into this, because you're, you know, know more about this stuff than me so like and the, to the, clarify
0: i'm a little more knowledgeable i'm my, by no means an expert <laughs> not that we yeah, really there's have to lot, do that disclaimer in a this
1: lot to dig show. through but um so like the the marvel and dc the more like superhero type movies do they typically line up with runs in the comic books or, or do oh, they have the same plots strange. and storylines or are they kind of written fresh
0: for the movies yeah so i was actually thinking about that a lot while making this listen before we started talking about it and because especially for people coming into it where they are not familiar with comics or not familiar with the movies or like one or the other and they want to get into it you start thinking like okay well now how do i where do i find this story in the comics and whatnot um, and it's a little tricky because from as much as I know about the comics, because I'm not into every character, but the characters I know well and the stories I know well, what they've done with a lot of, especially the Marvel movies, is they'll write the story loosely based on what happens in the comics. So, like for instance, the Infinity Gauntlet is what the uh, later MCU and most of the MCU is more or less based on that whole battle with Thanos thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like the main idea is there that like all the superheroes from Earth have to battle Thanos in order to save the multiverse, or the I guess in this case it's just the universe. We won't even get into the multiverse. Um, but you know, like that's that's like the essence of the story. However, the details are really different, and I'll give you a good example. So if you've ever even seen the trailer for infinity war um, or if you've watched the movies and this is a uh, pretty much spoiler free detail, but there's a scene where uh, Bruce Banner is the Hulk and he crashes through the ceiling into Dr. Strange's place in New York. And mm-hmm. then you see him as changed back into Bruce Banner, getting up and Dr. Strange and uh, his uh, uh, sidekick guy, his Wu or whatever his name is, uh, they walk up and they're like, oh, what, what the hell? And he's like, oh, Thanos is coming, Thanos is coming. And it's this, this, like pivotal moment in the movie and that story arc where he is letting the heroes of Earth know that Thanos is coming and like that's who everybody's got to battle and everybody's got to get together for it. In the Infinity Gauntlet, the Silver Surfer is the one who does that. Basically, the yeah. Silver Surfer is, like, blazing through space across galaxies and galaxies, and he crash lands into that same place to tell everybody what's happening. So the it's basically, the, it's in a way the same exact event that happens, but a totally different character, because, um, you know, like, the Silver Surfer's not involved in any of that. He's not even in the MCU. Um, but basically what that uh, signifies is, like, they'll write the story and they'll have a lot of the same moments, but be, you know, especially when they can't use the same character, they'll pay homage to it by just twisting a little or tweaking a little in certain ways. And they'll do that right down to like a one line, like a famous line from the comic. It may not be delivered from the same character, but it's in a similar instance and comic book fans be like, Oh, Oh, you gave that line to that person. And Oh, it actually works because of, you know, the situation. And so, that is typically how I've seen the movies go for, for the comic storylines that I know. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a little bit easier to draw the connections on the individual movies. Like, just an iron man movie or just a hulk movie or just a thor movie where a specific run lines up pretty good not every detail is the same but when it comes to those ones where you're interlacing a bunch of different storylines especially with like the infinity war and infinity gauntlet stuff or like the justice league movie like those things end up being more of a writer writes a cohesive story and like the homages and hallmarks are peppered in to make it fit as well as it can to a lot of the comic book content.
1: Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned another thing that I've just been curious about, you know, the MCU, the Marvel comic universe, like X-Men are are Marvel characters. So why aren't they oh, considered yeah. part of that?
0: So let me be nerdy and clarify. It's a Marvel cinematic universe. Um, but the whole reason that you don't see like the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, the Silver Surfer, and various other characters, the reason you don't see them in the MCU is all because of the rights to the intellectual properties. So a really big thing that's been in the news lately is the whole Spider-Man thing, which is really convoluted, and even for fans of it, it's hard to follow. And basically the gist of it goes like this. Disney now owns all the rights to all the MCU stuff, to the Marvel stuff. However, there are certain properties, like Spider-Man, which is owned by Sony. And uh, other characters are owned by other studios or other production companies or whoever it may be that has the rights to it. And so when, um, you know, the... They want to make the new Spider-Man movie. For the longest time, it's not had any connection to MCU because Sony has had sole ownership over that. But recently, those things changed or an agreement was made where they started working Spider-Man into those MCU movies. And so now the individual Spider-Man movies are finally reflecting things that are happening in the MCU. And likewise, characters specifically like the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, and Silver Surfer, those um, those rights that were in someone else's hands recently uh, elapsed uh, and so uh, Disney finally got those rights quote unquote back or like back into the hands of the person who has the total MCU stuff so those characters are actually going to be coming into the MCU at some point at least it's he- heavily speculated I mean it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they will it's just a matter of like when they'll be able to work them in and my favorite character is the Hulk, and that's been one of the biggest uh, issues with the MCU is the fact that like because of the way the rights have been structured over the years, they could do individual Hulk movies, uh, but they couldn't work them. Uh, Or sorry, a a previous studio could do individual Hulk movies, but the Marvel studios under Disney couldn't do individual Hulk movies Mm. because of the rights issues. However, there's like a loophole where they could do plenty of Hulk shit in the Avengers movies. So that's why he's still in there. Uh, It's like this weird little... Like uh, asterisk to the to the rights and stuff, Um, but apparently that also is reverting at some point soon. Where Marvel and under Disney's umbrella will finally have the opportunity to be able to do that, but they've gotten so far into the MCU with Hulk as he is that there's no telling if they'll ever ever actually make an individual Hulk movie. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds pretty convoluted,
0: but (laughs)
1: Um, one thing and we've talked about this a little bit um, on our own, but one thing I, as I've kind of, like I said, dipped my toe into the, the comic book world, one thing I've always kind of thought was cool is that it's very, in terms of the the medium, it's very unique in that, like, you know, these characters exist, but different authors and different artists kind of, you know, do different projects. And so there's, it's not like, you know JK Rowling writing Harry Potter and she's the only person who writes Harry Potter it's almost like yeah. like fan fiction in a way <laughs> where it's like and literally sometimes is like someone grew up being a fan of someone and then they get a write on that comic book you know what i mean like
0: yeah. it's just oh, it's no, just really you unique totally in, hit in on something there with like the the way that writing works on comic books especially those really popular characters like somebody may have started the character but then you know people in succession after that write runs of that character so you have yeah hallmark events and certain eras of that character for different writers and it's funny when you get to know that a little bit and you watch some of the movies and you'll see like an x-men you'll see a chris claremont version of the x-men but then you'll see other scenes where it's like totally something different or an interpretation of the people writing the film uh you'll see uh you know like a hulk thing where it's totally like the smart hulk is totally a peter david thing he's one of the most well-known writers on any hulk run but then you'll see stuff later on that's kind of from this guy jason aaron did a run on the hulk way way later on and like i think he did it in the 90s and that uh made its way into i think the uh second hulk movie the incredible hulk with edward norton and you know like totally different versions of the story but still kind of telling the same thing like hulk is still the big green rage monster but it's it's different takes on it with different details that are very distinct and you'll get that with iron man you'll get that with batman batman is another great one to see all those different versions (laughs) some good some bad and some really ugly but you know and and you'll just see that throughout these movies once more iterations come through. It kind of reflects that change with some thread of continuity that comics have that's just unique to the medium.
1: Mhm. Yeah, that's cool. All right, one thing before we jump into this. What would be what would be on your wish list for comic book movies? Like what doesn't exist yet that you think would be awesome?
0: Well, as I mentioned, the hulk is by far my favorite character and i want to see a hulk movie where they really do him justice where Mm -hmm. it's just it's great beginning to end has all the right action and it, it fits seamlessly with everything else aside from that uh i wish that they could do preacher better than they did the show i've only seen a few episodes and from what i've heard the rest of it is not that great, and it's. I think it's such a good story, and it's so well respected. It, it really hurts to not have that done better. Um, but when it comes to the superhero guys, there is one in particular who is supposed to be coming in, and not this phase that they're working on, but the phase following it. Who's one of my absolute favorite characters, and that's Nova this guy named Richard Ryder who is the uh, they call him the Human Rocket and he's like a, a an Earth dude who ends up being part of this intergalactic police force basically um, but the character's name is Nova and he's totally rad, super powerful uh, and was rumored at multiple times to be in the MCU and probably should have uh, fit in because he has such a huge storyline that involved Thanos but You know, I'll just wait until they, until they do that. I just hope they get the right version because there are several different versions, like you mentioned with those different writers, but there's one or two that are just, you know, the cream of the crop. How about you? Is there anything that you know of that you want to see that you haven't? Uh, No, I mean, like you haven't checked out. Not really.
1: I mean, like I said, I'm, I read paper girls. That's one of the, the few that I've read so far and I'm really looking forward to that TV show. I think, um, they're starting casting and starting filming soon but um and i think it's for amazon but uh that's the one i'm most excited about
0: nice nice yeah Yeah, some of these tv shows are gonna be off the wall cool
1: yeah yeah we're saying that
0: the kids are all saying or maybe i should say it'll be lit fam
1: (laughs) totally lit yeah uh well kick us off man what do you got at number 10
0: okay so number 10 when it comes to comic book movies, for me, is Wonder Woman. The Gal Gadot Wonder Woman. Nice. I, of course, really like that, you know, they did it right in a lot of ways with, like, woman director, woman perspective. It's very authentic. um, And uh, they didn't spare any expense for it. But it is just the movie if you don't even know anything about the backstory of the characters or of the people involved in making it, it's just a fucking great movie. It's got so much great action. Uh, it's shot beautifully. It is just everything you want in an entertaining movie. And to be honest, I've always found wonder woman in the comics and otherwise to be pretty corny. like, I associate it with the old Linda Carter Wonder Woman, where it kind of feels like a few steps above that uh, Adam West Batman, where it's not quite so corny, but it's like in that Lou Ferrigno Hulk kind of area, like that old '70s TV show era, where it's mm-hmm. uh, it's not the, you know it's it's not the kind of thing that holds up over time. But this movie is friggin' timeless. I loved Wonder Woman. I thought it I thought it was just fantastic. And it's also a big win for the DC movies because I think they get overshadowed so hard by Marvel uh, when it comes to that type of movie that it's cool to see one of the many great characters they also have get get their due.
1: Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And that's actually...
1: That's actually one of the ones I, I still need to see. It's, um, I mentioned the other night with, to Cheryl, my wife, that I hadn't seen it yet. And she started ripping me. She actually would have been a much better co-host on this episode. But she's like, <laughs> how are you supposed to put together a top ten list when you haven't seen Wonder Woman? So um uh, need, well, need to check that to one out. Yeah. to be
0: off. a part two to this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: in lieu of that, what did you pick for number <clears> ten?
1: <throat> I put V for Vendetta for number ten. <clears> oh <throat> um, yeah. This is one, you know, I've, I've only seen it once. It was a while ago. It was at um nathan roadie's house he's gonna listen to this podcast so uh shout out to the show nathan yep and Allie and um you know but i really liked it um i love natalie portman first of all and i just loved the anarchist feel to it of like people rising up to take down a fascist dictatorship so um, yeah you can't go wrong with that storyline yeah it was it was really cool i have the book i haven't read it yet but uh that's an
0: alan moore book isn't it it is yeah yeah Yeah. that's one of those hallmarks of the quote-unquote non-superhero uh comic stories where you just have great writing it it doesn't have anything to do with that like tights and and uh capes kind of stuff and it just shows how comics are such a great delivery for good storytelling and art Mm -hmm. yeah no doubt so, you, where would you go from there when you started with Vendetta, from Vendetta? What would you hit with number nine?
1: I I went a little off the board again. I mean, uh, I went Scott Pilgrim versus the World.
0: Ah, oh, interesting. I hated that yeah. movie. You did? That's funny. <laughs> I, um, I did read the comic too, so it didn't. I didn't get any like influence from that, but just you didn't, did so. read the comic, or you didn't? No, I didn't.
1: Okay, did yeah, I obviously haven't either. But I mean, just very different from. Most of other movies I considered in that it's obviously a lot lighter and sillier in tone, but true, I just true. thought, you know, it was a funny concept. Like in order to, you know, date this girl, you have to battle her seven exes. Um, great music throughout there. You know, music plays a huge role. It's
0: true. Like
1: the guys in the band, um, really good casting. I'm a big Michael Cera fan and he was awesome in this movie and Audrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza was in it before Parks and Rec um anna kendrick chris evans jason schwartzman so um,
0: yeah it does have quite the cast to it i have to it's say got some,
1: like, like good lines it's got some it's it's funny it's unique um and yeah it's uh, well
0: I'll, I'll give it to you that it is unique and i do love me some Aubrey plaza and i thought she was actually like the one sort of shining star for my taste in that movie but overall it just like I think that I had issues with Michael Cera's delivery and like a little bit of the corniness of his character. And I'm kind of mad at myself for not getting past that a little to try to enjoy the rest of the movie, but it totally turned me off, but yeah. it is a very unique story. And it's another one where it's like, it's not your average superhero story. It's, it's a right. little bit more prescient for teenagers too. Uh, you know, it's just very much a, a different choice uh, yeah when you think of surface level understanding of comics yeah
1: what would you would you go with for number number
0: 9 so number 9 i went with alien versus predator nice uh, which they and i didn't even realize what a history they have of aliens and predators in the comic book medium but that's they've got quite the quite the backlog of of material there one interesting little side note is that Marvel just got the rights to Aliens and they're about to get, I think they also got the rights to Predator. So oh, wow. like Marvel's taking over those properties uh, and they're going to do a ton with it. They've already started these variant covers of the Alien stuff, but Alien versus Predator is one of my favorite semi-campy horror movies uh, or sci-fi movies. And it's got a lot of action and it's like one of those uh, sort of like dream scenarios if like you have these two great monster stories and you're like oh man how cool would that be if you finally see them together and that manifested in comics and then they when they made the movie it was just it was the perfect representation on screen it's not like a phenomenal story it doesn't have acting that'll blow you away it's but it is entertaining and it's got yeah. A lot of uh, violence and really cool gadgetry and just these great sci-fi dreams come to life.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's definitely unique in that both those existed as movies and then someone made a comic book combining the movies and then they made a movie about the comic book, you know? Yeah,
0: and getting a little meta. Yeah, absolutely. So where did you go next with your, uh, what are we on, number eight? Number eight
1: is Iron Man. Um, oh,
0: the initial Iron Man.
1: The initial, yeah, two thousand eight. It kicked off the the MCU run. Um, I mean, I think Robert Danny Jr. is incredibly cast. Um, just Dude. his like yeah. smartass wit, and uh, I mean, he just pulls it off really well. I mean, there's there's a lot of casting that I think has been really well done um, for for a lot of these movies, but he kind of epitomizes that for me.
0: You know, and giving the comic book perspective on it, now I haven't read a ton of Iron Man, but I've read a a, a nice little selection of various different runs. And the thing that I think is so great about the Robert Downey Jr. casting is that, like you can look at it and compare it to like the the Chris Hemsworth Thor which is like very much of like the jolly like almost a little oblivious to how funny he is kind of thing that Thor has he's got that a lot of times in the comics and it trans it, it's translated really well in the acting however with the Tony Stark character he's always pretty snarky and kind of overconfident and but it's you, you don't get it quite as amped up as you do in the movies. And when you see it happen in the movies, you're like, oh shit, that's a great extension to that character. Like they actually added something to it in a really great way. Um, and it's funny as hell. And, and yeah. you kind of, you know, you can really get behind it at times. And when you end up wanting to hate the guy, you hate him that much more. It just, uh, it makes the character so much more dynamic. I, I'm still kind of shocked at how, prolific he got with that role and like how much screen time and especially when you consider robert downey jr's career before that it's kind of a crazy upturn
1: Mm -hmm. real comeback
0: story sort of thing
1: yeah no doubt yeah it's just a good like you said good combination of action comedy and who who doesn't like a good origin story
0: (laughs) yeah no kidding it's one of the best origin stories man so much (laughs) action
1: yeah, what's your number eight?
0: So my number eight is going to be the one that I go most off the 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 path of the superheroes, and probably more or less the last time for this list. Um, but it's Road to Perdition. Oh, nice! It's a fantastic Tom Hanks movie, which for a long time was—I mean, it's always been one of my favorite movies. Very rewatchable. It's a, a like a Chicago gangster type story uh, set in the, the 30s, I think, 20s or 30s maybe even earlier, but I didn't actually know for the first couple years after I'd first seen it that it was a, a comic book story before it was a movie, but it's a fantastic comic book, too, and I think it's pretty faithful to the uh, the source material, and it's just a very dramatic and rewatchable and fantastic movie. Yeah, uh, I remember... Too, I, which never hurts.
1: Yeah, I should, I should rewatch that one. I saw it probably when it first came out, but I haven't seen it since.
0: Yeah. Well, it mixes some of my favorite genres. It has a little bit of that old timey stuff, period piece, gangsters, and uh, comics. Mm-hmm. It mixes some great things together. Nice. What'd you put for number seven? Uh, so for number seven, I put Black Panther. Nice. Which was just, it, It, it for a while, vied for my favorite MCU movie. Um, after rewatching it, it's still like obviously it's here in this still in the top ten for me of comic book movies. Um, it's just it's so perfectly done from front to back. It's a huge character in the comics that I think everyone who's a big comic book fan was just waiting for like when they gonna bring, when are they gonna bring T'Challa into this? When are they gonna bring that world into this? And of course, you also have the angle of folks who are like, let's see some representation, let's see some people of color, mm-hmm. and they went a hundred percent. And obviously, it's not going to redeem for for not having uh, diversity in in previous things, but it's such a great entrance, and it really not only does it bring uh all these characters together, but it brings fandoms together. And beyond like the social thing where where you have people of color uh, more like brought into the fandom and embraced in such a great way, uh, oh. who have always been there. It's not like they haven't been there, but uh, it really makes more cohesion for the fan base because regardless of who you are, when you're reading comics, like comic book readers tend to have all these different tastes that that are not always brought together, and in the movies it had been pretty separated out when they were first doing all these origin stories, and now that they have this cohesive thing going, you bring in Black Panther and you just slam in a huge portion of the fan base. Not to mention that it's got great action, a really great uh, uh, bad guy, big baddie, the villain and Killmonger, just a great like super heavy attitude and like confident and like ripped friggin' character who <laughs> jumps right in and just has that immediate impact like there's a few pretty big baddies in the mcu but i I'd, I'd you know put my money down to say that he's one of the most forceful characters that comes in like one of the hardest to stop right off the bat I mean, he really wrecks the scene when he comes into that movie. Almost stole the show, I think. But mm-hmm. you also incorporate such great things like Andy Circus's character. And um, you have this new world you get to explore with um, Wakanda. And they do these great homages to all these different cultures that are brought into it. It's just like the undertaking of making that movie is fantastic. And, and, it's, yeah. and it's a whole new way you had not seen at all in both mcu and comic book movies as a whole and i'm just blown away by it and it's, it's every time i've watched it i've loved it just as much every time so freaking great movie That's how about awesome, you yeah. what did you go for when you went for number seven
1: so i went avengers endgame
0: mm.
1: um <clears throat> this is one that i only saw recently um in kind of preparing for this i was like okay i gotta watch infinity war i gotta watch endgame those are ones i missed when they came out like and i said i mean Sokka. it was just just pass me by in the theater, which they, they would have been great to see in the theater because, um, I mean, the the word is overused, but Endgame was just epic. I mean, <laughs> and for a three hundred fifty million dollar budget, it better be right. Yeah, no shit. Um, and you can't really have this movie without Infinity War. They're, they they go together, obviously. Yeah, it, but this it's one,
0: more of the second part of a movie, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. But but this just kind of edged it out for me. Um, it's it's vast. It's beautiful. It's got everybody, a um, little bit of everything, you know? I mean, there was there was great action. You've got time travel. you got Fat Thor.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. So. They literally put everything from the MCU into one movie. I still can't get over how, like, I think that most people were like, one way or another, this shit's going to fail. There's no way you can pack everything into that movie. And granted, you have a lot of lead into it with Infinity War, so you don't have everything, everything, but – they get pretty close to the friggin' kitchen sink, man. They got yeah. friggin' everything in there. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, just in terms of, I mean, an entertaining three hours. It was definitely that. Um, now, and, I
0: thought it was interesting that it kept me engaged for that whole three hours. Did you feel the same way too?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that says a lot because I've got you know. Uh, a, Lacking attention span, I guess, is putting it nicely. You know, some people are some people are focused like a laser. I'm more like a disco ball. <laughs> uh, well,
0: speak yeah. it, speaking of disco balls, what's your number six? Number six, Useless Teenage Transition.
1: Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: Dude, get out of here. What's your number the six? original live action? Yeah. That was my number six, too. Yes, dude. dude this has never happened in the history of our podcast. I was, I was the, same the, the same answer for the same number. number.
1: That's awesome. Well, we had the Exorcist, number 1 for horror movies.
0: Oh, so I guess it. we did. do that. Okay. So, and we had Tom Segura a little more surprising, no, little more surprising coincidence. Yeah. But give I, me your give me your reason for that.
1: Okay. Um I mean straight up nostalgia first of all. I mean, um but it holds up. I mean, I this is this is obviously the movie on here that I've watched the most just cuz it's the oldest and I watched it so much when I was a kid, but the the one of the coolest things I think about this movie is that there's not a lot of CGI. The turtles and Splinter and Shredder were costumes made by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Mm-hmm. Um and so it still looks really cool. Like even though it came out in 1990, you can watch it now and it doesn't look like old cheesy, you know, because because of the costume, I think. Um but you know, like we talked about in the tv episode because you put ninja turtles in the tv episode oh uh, yeah they were they were my favorite characters growing up more than you know he-man or g.i joe or ghostbusters or anything anything else yeah. they were my favorite this was probably in 1990 i mean i was um eight years old so this this it was a perfect time like we said and it just
0: oh yeah probably
1: the first movie i'm begging my parents to take me to go see
0: <laughs> you know? I can still remember the movie theater that I went to see it in with my dad and one of his friends. I think it's one of those things where he wanted to like go have a beer with his buddy, and he's like, "Ah, oh, crap! I got to do something with my son tonight." Hey, man, would you suffer through this movie with me if we take my son to it? That's uh, funny. But you know, maybe he's got some fond memories somewhere. But I don't know.
1: I remember, yeah. It, and fun fact: I, I looked this up because I was doing a little IMDbing before we started recording, but. The guy who directed this movie is named Steve Barron. And this was the first movie he directed. Get out uh, of here, really? But he, he directed like 60 music videos before that in the 80s. He did no Africa by Toto. He did a Whoa. ton of your guy, Brian Adams. He did Madonna. <laughs> he did Michael Jackson, Fleetwood Mac, Kenny Loggins. Wow. He did He did the iconic AHA video for Take On Me
0: out of here. And then, well, he, you did. Know, that and then he did
1: this movie and then he did Coneheads after that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually explains a lot because I think that one of the things that I that makes me love this movie so much is that it's going to be campy no matter what. Like you can't have a movie with teenage mutant ninja turtles right. and not have some of that element and like you if you're making one of those movies, you're walking a very tight rope between like believable or, or like you know I forget what the phrase is but it's like a suspension of di- of disbelief or whatever mm-hmm. uh and between that and like totally cheesy and dumb and like they went in a direction that like avoided being sort of like a reluctantly cult classic film or like a so bad it's good film because they got somebody who like shoots music videos in such a cinematic way. like the videos you' tell- you're talking about there, those are not like your average music videos. They stand out in a certain way. and that probably is why it looks and feels the way it does. Not to mention like you said, the animatronics and the and the costumes and stuff were like state of the art and they're like, I think they put all the effort in because they' are like, we got to make this work somehow and like make it stand some test of some time. to really make our money off of this thing and man it's uh, yeah it's a great movie and nostalgia for me is through the roof like i mentioned before i love the ninja turtles it was huge for me when i was a kid uh literally every time i see the new line cinema logo no matter what movie it is the theme song to the original ninja turtles movie is playing in my head uh when it's coming up I, i mean i that's what i think of immediately yeah exactly for sure plus you got casey jones and Raphael was, yeah. crying in a bathtub. There's so many great things. <laughs> we could do a whole episode just on our 10 favorite Ninja Turtles moments. Uh, At yeah, least I could. Then.
1: What's your number five?
0: Number five, Deadpool. Awesome. And I know it's it's kind of a uh, especially with comic book readers, it is uh, not a popular opinion to be a fan of Deadpool, and a lot of people will be like, you can't be a fan of Deadpool because he's. Such a, a goofy character, and, and it's like everybody just loves him now because Deadpool's cool. It's like it's not cool to like Deadpool, but that first movie is friggin' flawless. Not only does it have a great uh, structure to it, a good story, it makes you feel a little something, and it's also balls to the wall hilarious. I mean, yeah. I was crying laughing in the theater and there were so many little things that would come up where I was already laughing and I'd laugh so hard. I couldn't breathe anymore. And it was just, it's so good. And Ryan Reynolds is top notch. I think it's one of his best acting jobs. Uh, I mean, you gotta be into his style of like just a little bit of corny wittiness, uh, but it just works so well. It's like, and Deadpool is like the character he was born to play, you know? And and is evidenced by the fact that he wanted to do it so bad. He knew he was right for it. And he's put so much of his own money into that franchise.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's coming up on my list. I, I really like that one too.
0: Well, what did you put for number five?
1: Uh, number five, I put Logan. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, Wolverine is my favorite superhero. And I thought this was the best. He's short Wolverine. <laughs> 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 yeah. Facial hair, short. Um, I've never broken a bone. There you go. Um, <laughs> but uh, I thought this was the best standalone Wolverine movie. Um, and like Deadpool, it's R, which I think plays really well. It allowed it to be gorier and kind of truer, I think, to Wolverine's personality and, and dialogue. Um, but yeah, this is a angrier, older Wolverine. It's not your traditional kind of like rah-rah superhero movie. It has some sad moments, but it also has heart, so um yeah really really like
0: logan dude i love that you brought up that uh rated r factor in the comic book movies because obviously like comic book readership does span quite a bit but there, like as a, there's always been a younger sort of bent to the readership of comics so of course when the studios are coming up with these with putting out these movies you want to be able to sell lots of stuff to kids you know right. you, it, it's a touchy touchy subject to have something that borders on rated r or even in some cases pg-13 i mean like it's just such a sensitive sensitive subject for for the studios but i love when they do a rated r movie because they do it right and it's just so much more emotional and it uh it appeals both to the kid in you because of the character, but then to the adult in you because of the storytelling and like the realism. Yeah. And to be honest, like if you get into comics, especially characters like Wolverine or the X-Men or, or the Hulk, there's some yeah. really violent stuff in there. And if you get some of the, uh, you know, mini series that they've done on some of these characters that are already pretty violent, things get gory. Yeah. Get and, and Deadpool in particular. It's just Deadpool
1: is my number four. So oh, it kind of leads right into that. But I think, that kind of opened the door. I mean, that I, I feel like that was the first rated R comic book movie, not not ever, but in terms of like the mainstream, like Marvel, DC kind of stuff, right?
0: Uh, it was, I mean, it was either that or Logan, one of those two. I'm well, Logan
1: sure. came out after Deadpool. Okay, so.
0: yeah, then yeah. it probably was. And I mean, what better character to take the risk on because it's going to no be, doubt. you know, it's a very specific type of interest in comics.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah and and i thought like like you said i thought ryan reynolds was perfectly cast um rated r for for that seemed like the right call with some of the you know saltier language and, and the gory violence uh, and stuff like that have you that it's interesting that you say it's not like cool to like deadpool in terms of like comic book people um
0: have you like read the any, same way yeah i definitely read some because i have a some I was, of the original like talking about
1: like um like fan fiction kind of stuff like i thought it was awesome to see brian possein right for oh example. yeah yeah
0: so I, I haven't gotten into that one yet but i have uh, several of the classic collected editions like the, the earliest original stuff which is also really interesting because of the storyline uh is a lot of it directly pulled from there but then they have a lot of the goofiness from the later ones where, where there's a lot less seriousness to any of the storylines and actually scotty young is a really well-known um creator in the comic book world and he did a run on deadpool not the one that's out right now but the one just before it and it's phenomenal it's by far my favorite one that i've read um right. but yeah it's it's they just pull so many great things from the comics for deadpool uh, they really knew their stuff when it came down to it yeah
1: what is uh, what's your number four
0: uh, my number four is the Avengers uh, nice. the first Avengers movie it I mean there's the two main things I love about it are you finally bring like one of the best teams together and it works so well like I've watched that movie more than any other MCU movie and it just... Like, it, it's rewatchable, even though it's long as hell, even though the story has so many points you have to get through to, like, bring it all together, but it pays off so big. The battle is so big. It can even feel exhausting sometimes if, you know, uh, uh, you're not <laughs> intending to to get that much stimulation from the movie. But it's just so so fantastic. And, and it's, it brings together all these very different characters into such a great team. But the thing that really kicks it over for me is the Hulk. Because, like I said before, Incredible Hulk is my favorite character. The first, the first movie they did with him was garbage. The second movie is pretty good, but it's lacking in a lot of ways. And then there's the uh, the disappointment of not getting to build on that and actually like give Hulk his due. And this is the first time that I think he really got put into a movie in the right way and the impact is perfect i mean like it just comes and crushing and the action is ridiculous and like the the angst and 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 just sheer anger and and embodiment of the hulk is there and it's just like it makes you want to get up and like just Argh! i was like be really <laughs> goofily into it but i love it it's like everything i love about the hulk so um yeah that was huge huge for me i really love that movie uh so what did you put for number three then
1: so number three i went the dark knight and Uh. i know i know that like a lot of comic book fans will quibble and say this is too low for the dark knight and i'm guessing (laughs) you have it coming up so i'm gonna keep this short i won't try to steal your thunder or step on your toes too much but Ah. i mean if we were ranking the best comic book movies, this would probably be number one. But since we're ranking favorites, there's just two that I personally enjoyed more. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I mean, um, it's an awesome story. Acting is incredible. I think Christian Bale is one of the greatest actors of our generation, like, period. Um, And I think Heath Ledger did the best Joker. Um, So there's, you know, there's great dialogue in here. Like, I love when, when Harvey Dent says you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Oh, like yeah. that is such a profound statement that I honestly was found myself Googling it to see if it existed before <laughs> the movie. I was like, that has to be like philosophy or something, you know, but, um, uh, no, well, that's I've, one I've of really
0: my favorite is. things about really well written comics is like they're <laughs> good writers. Like they're people who will come yeah. up with things. I have a series of quotes that I've kept in, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh document where like when i find my favorite stuff in comic books i'll write it down like just because there's such between all the action and and the fun of it there are these deep deep moments and it's so just incredible when you see it there and illustrations just add so much to make it impactful and i love when that translates to the screen yeah, uh, And I, I love that you bring this up, too, because the jo- you, I realized I didn't really answer your question about Deadpool not being cool. The Joker has kind of a bit of that, too. You see too, way too many guys at cons dress up the, as the Joker. Right. Uh, but um, I think that it's just one of those things where... I think most people go through a phase where, like, it's not cool to like the Joker, it's not cool to like Deadpool, it's not cool to like the Misfits, it's not cool to be into Led Zeppelin. Like, there's all these things that are actually really friggin' cool and really fucking great, but... You know, there's a commercialism aspect to where people have made too many shirts and too many mugs and too many, you know, baby blankets and shit with these characters, things like that sort of like it feels like for a lot of people that has devalued the character or the authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I totally get that. But I think when you have a movie that's as good as some of these ones we're talking about, it brings you right back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, other thing I'll add is just... Um, the batmobile looks so cool in this movie
0: <laughs> and the yeah, what are they the, call like, it? like the crusher or the roller or the the tumbler is that what they call it
1: uh, i can't remember what they call it
0: yeah, but i just beast. know it
1: looks cool and that that they like chase scene where they're going through like the tunnel um that was filmed in chicago and our friend fernando drove me through there at, like three in the morning one night uh, nice. several years ago and it was like we like dip down into there and he goes hey this is where they filmed uh, The Dark Knight. And then he, we were just like blazing through there like <laughs> like we were in the Batmobile. But it was a, you know, like a burgundy Honda Accord or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's a solid great. movie. Yeah. Well, uh, if we're talking solid movies, my number three is one of my favorite movies overall. But and again, we're going to we're going to go Hulk on this thing. It's Thor Ragnarok.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, that,
0: that uh, one is just really fun. Dude, and I watched it recently, and it is so psychedelic and off the wall. And it's one of those things where, like, in a lot of ways that you could have done it, it would have been ridiculous and not paid off. But they went so ridiculous with it that I think it does justice not only to the movie, to the storyline, to the characters, and most specifically to the Hulk. And they just went so big and grandiose and over the top with it that it all worked. And it's It's crazy entertaining. It goes by quickly. It's got action, like some of the most ridiculous action. I think it's one of those few things like the original Avengers movie that really does justice justice to my favorite character. But it also, like, I think it's the best Thor movie, period, and the best representation of Thor. Because it's kind of got all the different elements from, like, the, the pariah side of Thor to, like, the hero side to, like the comedic sort of almost oblivious jock side. Like there's all, all the elements of Thor are in that movie. And you get a little bit of that from, from each of the other movies. You get like the brooding stuff from Thor to dark world, but you get that a little bit in the Thor Ragnarok. You even get a hint of fat Thor in the fact that he's like, maybe I should just be lazy and say, fuck all this. Or like be so (laughs) disappointed in what I've done that I should be completely self-deprecating. But it's just fantastic. It's such a friggin' fun movie
1: yeah it's totally fun and it, it, it's actually like i mean there's a lot of great it's like non-stop action but there's some really funny moments too Hell yeah! i remember laughing probably laughing the most during that movie <laughs> yeah
0: <clears throat> so, um man what do you got at number two
1: number two spider-man into the spider
0: verse oh i like what you did there you went a totally different direction i didn't know if we'd have any animated stuff on there
1: so i yeah i mean that, that was my biggest question when i was like looking through these i'm like man why why aren't there more animated comic book movies you, you would think it would you know
0: well, be such
1: a natural kind of
0: there um, are quite a few but it's it's hard to compare to in terms what of you like get from the live action stuff
1: right right but i mean this you know you talk about just being fun this this movie was pure fun from start to finish i remember and and it Maybe has to do with like this was one of the movies I actually did see in the theater, and I was on vacation when I saw it, and it, and it was we went like on a whim. It was just like, hey, let's go see a movie. And we went and saw this, and it was just I remember just feeling pure joy the entire time. It's a great story. Yeah. It's visually beautiful, um, and we got Miles Morales wearing some sweet Jordan ones, and they actually <laughs> made, um, they actually Nike actually made Air Jordan ones that are, like, the Spider-Man version, which are, like, they have, like, little, I don't have them, um, but they have little, like, dots on them that are, like, uh, reflective, so, like, when you just look at them, um, like, in the normal light, you can't really tell that they look different, but if you were to, like, photograph them and the flash hits those dots, it kind of creates almost, like, a pixelated look, like it would look like in, like, a newsprint comic book.
0: No way! So
1: they're really they're really cool. That's yeah. such a cool um,
0: like merchandise tie-in. That's so great.
1: Yeah. So uh, man, I, I like Spider-Man. There was a lot of I think there's a lot of good Spider-Man movies, but this one was was the best for me.
0: Well, that's another one that's kind of a I I'm a little bummed out. I, I actually don't like Spider-Man that much. However, the really good Spider-Man stories that are out there are just one like I've collected the the entire run of of these little like chunks of Spider-Man, like, like these little bits where I just like that he can be, he's such a, a a universal character and such a, a character that so many people can get into that when done right, it's just, it's really impactful. And Miles Morales, Spider-Man is one of my favorites. It's hard to beat uh, Peter Porker's Spider-Ham, but uh, (laughs) you know, Miles Morales is up there. And I, I think like, any true modern comic book fan was really stoked to see him on the screen finally. And I think there's still hopes to get him into the MCU through like the multiverse of madness stuff that they're working on now with Dr. Strange. Um, but I also, I still like some of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little sad. We didn't get to talk about them more just cause like they're not going to stack up to our top 10 here, but uh, yeah, that's awesome. Get a little Spider-Man love in here. Yeah. Plus, Venom's one of my favorite characters, but the Venom movie wasn't nearly good enough to make it on the list. Yeah. What's your number two? My number two is actually Logan, which you oh, talked nice. about a little bit already. And yeah. uh, a lot of the same reasons, man. It was, and I think it is the, it's pretty singular in the comic book movies in that it's so dark and it is so heavy and is the only comic book movie that made me a, a little choked up. It's just like so deep, especially having somebody play the character consistently, consistently for that long, and mm-hmm. do it well, and like go through the ups and downs, both in like the quality of movies and the the story arc of the character. Um, little uh, fun, little side note to this: uh, when when we were joking about how short Wolverine is, he's he's not uh, like a six foot. Hugh Jackman in the comics, he's like five, four. He's right. like a little motherfucker and he is tiny. Uh, and there's constantly jokes in the comics about it where people are ribbing him for being short. But of course he's got the big claws and he snicks them out and then he slices people up. But a uh, little bit of side trivia, Glenn Danzig, formerly of the misfits and well known as Danzig and kind of a douche and an asshole, yeah. uh, but very pivotal in the music world was at one point seriously considered to play Wolverine,
1: both because
0: he's got the physique for it, and he's also super short. Uh, (laughs) And he's from New Jersey, so he's got a chip on his shoulder, you know? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a pretty funny thing to learn. But when it comes to Logan, it's just such a great movie. That's one thing that is, I think is what makes the movies now so good is that people are starting to make them with that intent to be like, let's make a good movie and then also have it be from comics, from superhero stuff, rather than what I think failed a lot of times before where they're like, let's make this comic book movie and let's make it bap, zang, pow, kablooey. Like, just, they're not like, they're misunderstanding how, the comics is interpreted by the reader that, like, it needs to be hokey to be a comic book. That's absolutely yeah. not the way Story it is. Even some of you the know? stuff that is inherently a bit hokey, like, the writing behind it, it's serious, you know? And mm-hmm. Logan reflected that. It's such a great movie, and it's one of those ones that I want to watch over and over again, but it's so heavy that I'm like, ah, I can't watch it over and over again, because yeah. it just... It'll either take away from it or just be like, damn, what a, like, it's kind of a downer how heavy it is and how dark. And, you know, you're really getting deep into the end of so many characters in the story arc. But, yeah, Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm really happy to have that one. I I was a little bummed I couldn't talk more about other X-Men stuff because there's some great X-Men movies. But, you know, I don't think any of them really stack up the way that Logan does. Was there any honorable mentions you wanted to call out?
1: yeah uh we we kind of talked about him a little bit already i mean black panther was a tough cut for me mm-hmm. um some of the other spider-man movies and fandy war just because i kind of considered it with endgame, but uh, um
0: yeah i was really bummed that i couldn't put like the original batman or hellboy 2 uh some of these really entertaining ones um even the, the recent Doctor Strange was real good. Uh, I, Incredible Hulk, of course, because like, Hulk is one of my favorite characters. It is literally my favorite character, and I couldn't uh, you know, put it on there because the movie's just not good enough. Uh, the one that I think most people would find uh, goes against popular opinion is I liked Man of Steel, the Superman movie with uh, Henry Cavill.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Just the Superman movie. I thought yeah. like it's... It's really long and really dark and over dramatic and it's a Christopher Nolan movie. So what do you expect? But I enjoyed it, man. I thought it was pretty great. And I'm also not a fan of Superman. So maybe that's why <laughs> I liked it because it wasn't quite like the, um, the jockish good guy uh, main theme of Superman that you see in a lot of Superman story arcs. Um, that is really hard to get away from even when you do like a very antithetical Superman story. Um, but yeah, those are probably the biggest ones that had to be left off. I mean, I could go on and on about Deadpool two and V for Vendetta and, uh, kick ass and Watchmen and Fer- yeah, various yeah. other things. Um, really there was a fine line between like what was honorable mention and what really just goes above and beyond. And it sucks not to have infinity and Endgame on there, but when it comes to MCU, I got to take like the cream of the crop. There you go. Yeah. You want to roll down your number one and and roll it across my my table here?
1: Yeah. So my number one is
0: X two. Really? Yeah. So very unpopular opinion. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. I mean, I don't think many people would have his number one. I just think, I mean, X Men are my kind of favorite crew when it comes to superhero comic books, and I, this movie is just awesome. I mean, it's basically like, you know, a. a I like the aspect that it's where it's almost like a civil war between the mutants and the government. Um, you know, you've got some awesome scenes of like when Magneto gets out of his plastic cell that he's imprisoned in and, uh, cool storyline Wolverine learning about his past and, um, yeah, just really like, uh, just extremely watchable, you know, it's, it's nonstop from, from front to back. And, um, focuses on my, my favorite characters and is what i think is the best x-men movie so
0: yeah. hey man, you can't get away from that and i think like a lot of my list uh is very much like that In that it's you know, it's just what i like it, it it may not be the most uh popular opinion or it may not be technically the best movie uh like as far as things like cinematography go but you know it, it's it's got a lot of action it's rad
1: yeah and that, I mean at the end of the day, it's all entertainment. So uh, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: It's
1: all about it's all about fun.
0: fun well one. speaking of fun, <clears throat> uh, there's there's not as much fun in my number one. It's a lot more serious. Some might even say, Why so serious? <laughs> <laughs> like what I did there. I see what you uh, my did. My number yes. one is the dark night. Yeah. I, uh, have a distinct memory of the first time that I watched it at home when I bought a brand new TV and a brand new I think it's when the PS3 came out and it was just like the the intro shot where they're zooming in on that building in Chicago is just so bright and so crystal clear and just so it set the tone for an incredibly epic movie and the performances didn't disappoint Heath Ledger in my opinion is Heads and tail, like just so much higher in performance level than any other Joker. Even the recent Joaquin Phoenix Joker, which I thought was fantastic. It just, it didn't have the gravitas that the Heath Ledger Joker did. And Batman's an interesting character for me because there's a lot of material just like Superman or Captain America or many of these other characters, Black Panther, Iron Man. They've got so much material that it can be hard to get into. And there's also a lot of runs where, unless you're a really big fan of the character, like you're not really going to get into. And I see that with the Hulk, as in like there's plenty of Hulk storylines where I'm like, do not bother reading this if you're not a big friggin' Hulk fan like I am, because you're going to be like next. Uh, but I love that what they did with the Dark Knight and with the Christopher Nolan trilogy of Batman movies dug into some of like the darkest versions of the dark Knight, and it allowed Christian Bale to just get crazy with it and just be real in internally conflicted and do his crazy method type acting in a superhero setting. And I think it was the turning point for superhero movies to be able to be serious.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Like you look at a lot of stuff before and a lot of stuff after and they made serious work and so many more people started to really, catch on to it and like, like invest in the writing of superhero movies. Cause they should be just as good as any other movie and respected. And I feel like it, it set the bar for a lot of that. And like we said before, Heath Ledger, um, Christian Bale, uh, Aaron, whatever his name is, I always forget that plays two face. And even yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal had some really great performances. Uh, and just all around everything to the movie is great. And the action is great. And it's just so dark. It's so great. It reflects some of my favorite runs of Batman because I only have, like, actually bought and kept or collected very specific runs because I like how dark and how serious they are and how well written. And it just reflects all the best things I think about Batman. It's like the opposite of like the Adam West or the Michael Keaton Batmans, where they don't go campy. They go all serious. They don't. They don't blend it. They don't yeah. mix it up. And I think that's actually to the credit of like the Michael Keaton Batman, the Tim Burton Batman, at least the first one and maybe the second one too, is they went all campy, you know, like they didn't try to make it too serious. They kept it within its lane. And I think this movie did that in the opposite way. So for me, that's why it's number one. Nice. Yeah. And with that, Great I'll finish list. a swig of beer. Yeah, man. Oh, I was so happy to talk about this. I mean, did you find anything new when you were getting into some of these movies that maybe we didn't talk about that was a big hit or like something you're, you're going to go check out? Or maybe even one that you know is coming out that now you're really interested well, in when it comes out? So one of the one just, of the
1: movies I watched um, leading up to this, like just because I had heard really good things that obviously I didn't end up putting on my list, but I, I checked it out from the library because it's not streaming anywhere. It Was Old Boy, uh, like the 2000 the, movie, a comic? Mm-hmm. Have you seen it?
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen Old Boy.
1: The original one?
0: Seen the the trilogy, yeah, the original one. Yeah, yeah. From Korea. <clears throat> yeah. So I didn't yeah. Know yeah. Comic? How about that?
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was that was an interesting watch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk um, about um, shit? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. And then and then one movie that I didn't realize was a comic. I guess it's very loosely based, but it's one of the, the few like eighties comedies that I still need to actually watch is weird science.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Loosely, yeah. I
1: guess loosely based a on the comic there. Yeah.
0: I personally, yeah. Am, I'm, you know, uh, I've never been very much of a DC fan overall, but there's a black Adam movie that's going to be done with uh, the rock Dwayne Johnson. Friend of the podcast uh, as yeah. the as the lead Black Adam. And uh, I just recently read a, a run of comics that introduced me to that character a little bit deeper. And I'm actually pretty excited. We'll see how this thing goes. But, you nice. know, let us know what you think is uh, your favorite comic book movies. What are you excited that's coming down the pipe? You want to see that Morbius? You want to see that Venom, too? Like, give us a hit on the social media. We're on Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's we're on
1: Twitter. You can send us an email and make sure it starts with "Well, actually." <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> you can follow and, me uh, tapped at Madalocalypse if you're a beer drinker. There
1: you go. And we'll see you in season three. We already have season three planned. We already have season four planned, and we can promise you that uh, season three and four won't take another year for us to record and get out there. We got we're we're on a better pace these days. We got we got things figured out.
0: We're keeping each other accountable, just like the Avengers. That's right, yep. See you next time. See you, buddy. You can subscribe to the We Rank Things podcast on iTunes, so go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. You and all your friends can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can find more info about us on our podcast at werankthings.com, and you can let us know what you think about our rankings at we on Twitter or at we at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the We Rank Things podcast.